This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Oh, 12.02 here on 3RRR FM. A very good afternoon to you all. My name is Cam Smith. Across from me, look at you with that target on your T-shirt. Hello, I'm Matt Stedman. How are you, Cam? You're looking well, too. You're wearing an Attica-branded T-shirt, proving that you wear free T-shirts, as do I. <laughs> yes. No shame in that. If you get if you get gifted a T-shirt, you'll well, wear it. Well, actually, you know, I did... Someone actually did ask me, I said, Hey, mate. And it was, it was a bit like that. <laughs> hey, mate. Hey, mate, where'd you get the T-shirt? <laughs> it was like that. And I went, Ben Shuri gave it to me, which was like, Yeah. I, lo- I love that in Melbourne, you know, we, you get stopped on the street. It's not like, you know, where'd you get the band T-shirt? It's where did you get the fine dining restaurant <laughs> <Yes>. T-shirts? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so wearing my colours proud today. A very, very good afternoon to one and all mm. in this heaving, thriving metropolis that we call Melbourne, yes. Victoria, Australia. Yes. And uh, forever where you might be, whether you're listening to us on the web, if you are listening to us... In another time. Oh, we should also mention we never have. Um, what? If, if you haven't downloaded it, the Triple R app is very good. Yeah. Uh, you can just listen to live or on demand um, on the app. So uh, often it's the best way to listen to us. If you're on the move, you're on the tram. On, on the move, bus. on the tram. Hey, question. Just mm-hmm. if I wanted to listen back to this show, mm-hmm. how would I do that? On Use the app. You could do that. You can go to the website and listen to Radio On Demand. On Demand, yeah. Or um, uh, when we're feeling not so lazy, we do publish it as a podcast as well. Sometimes we're a bit lazy and we don't do that. Really? We've been, we've been good of late. Yeah, well, that's sort of when you're here. It may, co- it may correlate to that, yes. All right, anyway, we shouldn't get into the um, <laughs> looking into our cupboards, uh, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, otherwise you're having a look at our pantry and seeing what ingredients we have. <laughs> but just to let you know what we're going to be putting on the table for you today, mm. um, Christmas time is approaching, I can't believe, happy December, happy summer. Happy summer, yes. Um, and we did have a chat to uh, Mr. Darren Purchase about Christmas last yep. week. Yep. And I thought what we might do is continue this mm. theme. Mm. Um, hopefully we're going to do three little episodes. So we had Darren Purchase, sort of the general approach. Yes. Including playlists. Yes. <laughs> I laughed about um, his book. Uh, what was that? By memory, uh, Kid, Chef's, Chef's Love. Chef's Christmas, Christmas too. Yes. That's it. Um, Hardy Grant. And uh, today Mm. we have the king of desserts, the dessert king. His majesty. His majesty, Pierre Roloff, (laughs) is uh, is coming in. And it's an interesting play on these two words, Pierre and Roloff. Roloff Mm -hmm. seems slightly German, perhaps. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, he's looking back, and we'll get an answer <laughs> from him. But um, he is bringing in uh, something that he has created, mm. the stolen, and I like the way he says it. I was just going, mate, you got the stolen? Well, what's he hanging back up? The what? Stolen. 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 We will find out what that is, but okay. we will also find out some um, alternatives to the heavy as lead Christmas pudding. Yeah, I don't really like Christmas pudding. Is I that, don't know how many people do. sacrilege? Because it, no. is, it is dense. It's, it's, it's okay. And, you know, if it's the third course and you've already had your, your fill of whatever As you're feeling the catatonia take place. This is, you know, we talk about food narcosis. Yeah, yeah. This is the, the next level yeah. from food. Like, I can't feel my legs. 
because the Christmas put is the sort of thing that you know when I was a kid it, through rumor you could just buy one from the year before and it would just sit in the in the cupboard all year and it would well, still it, be fine. Well, it, but that, that actually that's the thing about the Christmas pudding is that you really should do it a little bit beforehand so mm. that the flavors marry and all that sort of stuff. And in the old days. Mm. They used to put shillings in there, yes. which always struck me as being something slightly dangerous yes, that you'd be chewing away and go, yes. yeah, wow, it's the Christmas trip to the dentist. Because it was good luck, wasn't it, if you just got the shilling? or Well, if you was. didn't break a tooth, that's good luck. <laughs> oh, good luck, son. You didn't. Oh, you're good. Oh, that's good. See, nowadays you just put an iTunes voucher or something in there. Yep. Let's get some more of the porphyry <laughs> pearl. Yes. Come on. It's all right. He's okay. Um, <laughs> yes. So, anyway, that's our first guess. Uh, and then we do a market report and we hear about John waxing lyrical about Christmas's past. Oh. Wow. I got John to reminisce. Did you, right? And there's some funny reminiscences uh-huh. there. And also a pick of the market, of course. And then waiting in the wings on a phone somewhere mm. on the Mornington Peninsula, we have mm. Duncan Buchanan, mm. or as Siri calls him, Duncan Butchanan. Yes. Um, yes, and he's going to be talking a little bit about what's going to be in his glass during Christmas, uh, where he is in the vineyard, and maybe we might actually have a chat to him because if there's any people that follow weather and the changes in weather, it's winemakers, mm. and we've talked about this beforehand, mm. have we yes. not? Mm. And the extraordinary system that is so devastatingly at play up north at yes. the moment, and we first of all, think that um, it's quite an extraordinary thing and it's also a tragedy in that it's uh, there has been fatality. Yes, there has been because of the fires. And it's actually interesting, just as we talk climate, I've just mm. literally last night got back from WA, which is a nice thing to be able to say. Nice day, guys. Down the Margaret River Margaret. region, which is very nice. WA down the Margaret River way. Yes, yes. A lot of vineyards down there and everything's so dry. Is it? It's so dry. And how would Duncan describe that? Dry as a chip. Yes. So they were as dry as a chip, was it? Yeah, I don't think they've had good rain down there for a good number of years. So the impacts of climate change... A good number of years. Let that sink in. Yeah, okay, go on. So they're they're felt across across this land. We're quite lucky down here in our little pocket of Victoria where... We've... um, We've had droughts before, but um, at the moment uh, everything seems well. Touch wood. Mm. (laughs) Yes. Touch wood. Um, Okay, first, what have we got? Moving right along... Um, oh, you just speaking of climate change. You were just going to give a quick shout out to the kids. The kids are all right. Well, the kids are all right, and I want to talk a little bit about them a little bit later. And um, yeah, fear not what old aging dinosaurs who are in the pockets of uh, certain industries might say yeah, to you. I agree. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Maybe we'll yeah. just raise a glass to them. But uh, and the level of snark with which their protests <sighs> were met, I found quite even as even me, the cold-hearted cynic, found quite surprising the degree of snarky sneerism, snarky sneerism uh, directed towards the uh, the young adults trying to get engaged with politics. Anyway, who are the inheritors of this stuff? Yeah. I was going to be a little bit more yeah. profane. Um, happy Saint. Eligius Day. Eligius. Eligius. Uh, my Saint, man. My man. He's the boy. The patron of agricultural workers. Yes. And part of his portfolio is knife makers. Knife makers. Yeah, knife makers and agricultural right. workers. Jeez, that is quite a narrow portfolio, isn't it? Yeah, especially if the agricultural workers get knives. <laughs> Look out. Could be a revolution. <laughs> See what's been happening in Paris? But anyway, no, anyway. Oh, <laughs> wow. Mm. God, those French. 
I haven't. I've been away from the news for the because I've been. I've been travelling. So oh, been, okay. Uh, Twelve ten. Sorry, yes. this is a food show. But, but this uh, is the Cam's news update. News update. Dateline Paris. The French don't take anything lying down, uh, and they've pretty much been ransacking the middle of Paris. Really? Uh, yeah, whole hordes of people burning cars. I did not know. Um, smashing windows of uh, expensive jewellery shops. What's got the Parisians upset? Uh, fuel price Ooh. taxes. Ooh. Not happy, Jan. No. Genois. <laughs> Not happy Genois. No, no. No, no. Remember years ago we talked about the restaurateurs when they put up the, the taxes? Uh, on the, yes. Yes, and they rioted. Anyway. And also and the famous French guy who, who, who protested the construction of McDonald's by, by ripping it apart. Oh, brick Hervé... By brick. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I forget. So, no, no, not in this town. No, no, and he, drove his, removing the and he drove his tractor or something through one. Anyway, don't mess with the French. 12.11 here on 3 RFM. Uh We were going to do a quick what's that in your mouth. Um, you had a good breakfast. Yeah, I did. Uh, it was great. I've just come from uh, the market where yep. I've chatted with John, yep. had a little bit of extra time, went to Scott Pickett's Deli on the corner, mm. uh, and there's some bloody nice uptown food. You can just get a croissant if you want, mm. which I love. Nothing, yes. Nothing better. Yes. But I went uptown. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I, saw, I know you did. I'm, I did. I'm asking you, Rochelle. Shiso crepe. Yes. Wrapped around a poached egg. Hang on here. Shiso crepe. Shiso. No, no, that's a different thing. <laughs> Wrapped no. around... Yeah, shiso is, a, is, a, is a, uh, a leaf. Yes. Yeah, okay, just so we know what we're talking about yes. there. And so he's, so he's made a crepe out of it. He's made he's a crepe out of it. Wrapped it around Brilliant. a poached egg. Yeah. Served with very fancy. Uh, it was very fancy, and a little bit of cured salmon mm. in a little circle. Um, you know, chopped sort of fine, like you would. Looked do a bit like a tartare. Tartare with yeah. a little bit of um, salmon caviar on top, a few sprouty things. It was really, really great. But mm. the funny thing is that those fish things—they never work with a coffee. Have you no, heard that? You, that you is go, true. Well, you go, well, that's great. I'll have a sip of... Oh. Salmon and coffee, I agree. Salmon and coffee. It's just, it's crying out for a morning sparkling wine is what that's crying out for. Bloody Mary. Or a Bloody Mary. Or a Bloody Mary. <laughs> anyway, we need to go and talk desserts. Um, how yeah. you doing out there? You're having a good Sunday. Um, God, we're delighted that you've joined us. If you're on the roads... May there not be too much traffic, and hopefully you're in the countryside <laughs> getting the strong signal that is happening from Mount Dandenong. Still, is it signal? Where's that oh, tower? Dandenong, yeah, Mount Dandenong. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You just looked at me weird. Sure. Doing. What are you talking? What? Mount what? Mount? Huh? Why are you talking? <laughs> hey, he's talking stuff. Twelve, twelve. Here on three triple R FM, we're going to have the maestro, mm. the king mm. of dessert, Pierre Roloff. After this. That's a good idea, and mm. I like that track behind it. Yes. Mm. Well done, production department. Pierre, roll off a very, very good afternoon to you. You have uh, concise notes there I see in front of you. I've been scribbling some notes waiting. Have you? In the very. waiting room? Exactly. Did you get a coffee? I did, thank you. Thanks yeah. for the tip. Take, do you take the advice on the it machine? It works out well. Don't you love analogue? It is good. You know, you have to sort of tune. You've got to work for something good, and um, you've been working doing good things for so Long, how long has it been that you've been doing this dessert gig? 25 years in the game, um, yeah. but nine years of dessert evenings in Melbourne, which is a testament to Melbourne. Yes. And the support that, that we get here as chefs. Oh, I've done that once before. Just to let you know, um, can we, we need a little bit of microphone. Oh, look at that, you've busted the mic. Yeah, uh, it, it happens. Hang we'll on. put you on that one. Awkward. Uh, not awkward, it's all right. We, we, we adapt, we overcome... Oh, there we go. We go. Oh, we're going to be in the faults book Look at today, that. aren't we? No, I can fix that. Thank okay. You. So nothing happened. Let's, right. let's just so move on pretend that nothing's broken <laughs> this is at radio. all. radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all right. Um, 25 years in the game, um, and how's the 
place has changed. Desserts, the whole notion of desserts has evolved in that time. Yeah, it's been an amazing transition from um, the dessert trolley, which is what started, what was around when I first started. The idea of a trolley being wheeled through the, the fine dining restaurant. With a squeaky wheel. The squeaky wheel, a chocolate mousse, yeah. um, a charlotte, a bunch of other things. Maybe um, an eclair. Eclairs. Yeah. To where we're, we're, and look, there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, no, there's anything wrong with that. No. Oh, wow, yes. But now we're in a, yeah, I guess a, a, d- a different time where desserts are seen as um, something that can stand on their own and there's an opportunity well, to express. That. Exactly, God. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and, and dare I say, look, at the, the, desserts have always been in the realm of food science, haven't they? I mean, absolutely. like, you think shoe pastry is just a masterpiece of food science. It's like, wow. Yes, yes. Um, steam and uh, the, not a protein, anyway, contained with a network and puffed chemical up. Chemical reactions. Thank you, chemical reactions. That's a nice way, easy way exactly. to sort of do it. But, you know, the understanding of um, of gels that, you know, you've started to get into and all those other sort of... And I guess lo- also looking for, for different flavour combinations and, and trying to find exciting new yeah. ways of combining yeah. elements and ingredients whilst always um, sticking by the idea that it's got to be delicious. It's, yeah. That's the bottom line. It can't be weird and wacky and just like, why did you do this? Not for its own sake. Why no. did you do seaweed and passion fruit? You can do it, however. Yes, if it's not that it's a great idea. It's possible, <laughs> but not all these things are a great idea. Oh, Matt, you're fine-tuning this room beautifully. Thank you for that. Um, Christmas time. Um, let's set the scene. Uh, as Maddie and I did just before, mm. Christmas torpor. Right. You know, food you've, coma. You've food coma, uh, that stage further from food narcosis, we were saying. Exactly. And then what happens, they, everyone says, okay, you can hardly talk to each other now because you're so full. It's roll dessert. Out, roll out the puds. Yeah, the puds. <laughs> um, I thought we maybe we just might, just in the time we've got this afternoon, just flesh out some different ideas that maybe people might want to go. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, isn't it, that each year we, we sort of repeat the same pattern and um, I guess we draw on our heritage and, and roll out the things that we've always rolled out. Because it's family and tradition, the nexus, like DNA strands exactly. going off into yeah. the And that's food a hard thing talk. to break. Yes. It can be a controversial moment if you yeah. if you choose not to, um, and, to pull out the Christmas pudding. And maybe what we, we do is that you give that option, that you don't go, all right, well, we're all doing something different now. Maybe maybe just to sort of to break people off and Absolutely. to wean them off is that you give them, all right, you can have the stodgy plum pudding or you could have... You could have a tiramisu. Something that else came to mind was a Melbourne mess. So why not riff on the idea of an Eaton mess? What is Eaton mess? Let's start that off so Eaton we get a reference. Eaton mess that sort of classic um, English dessert, which was a combination of strawberries, meringue, meringue. and whipped cream or yeah. creme chantilly, which nice. is um, a fancy term for sweetened whipped sweetened cream. Sweetened whipped cream. Um, Who was chantilly? <laughs> <laughs> and yes. why not celebrate the amazing berries that we have Coming into summer, the price. Mm. I mean, my kids at home know that they're allowed to eat lots and lots of berries now because it makes sense. So we've been um, we've been filling the fridge with raspberries and blueberries. Now's the time. Mm. So why not celebrate? Um, the I saw some that we blueberries have. for two fifty at the market mm. today. I got raspberries for three dollars the Whoa. other day. Not now, from a supermarket, right? Maybe. Really? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And they were Gee, beautiful um, Yarra Valley okay. raspberries. Can I bring out something that was sort of 
peaked probably about 10, 15 years ago. And Matt, you might remember me talking about this. Mm. The summer pudding. The summer pudding is another classic from um, from the UK. Yeah. So that's the idea, I guess. Like a lot of great desserts, it, I guess it was created to use up old bread. Yeah. Originally. Um, so that's the idea of... Of the bread and... It, it's a thing of the bread pudding. Exactly, yeah. Bread and butter pudding. Yeah. So soaking white bread in beautiful, sweet berry juice, mm. setting it lightly with gelatin and filling the centre with a whole bunch of different fresh Hey, berries. hang about what? Gelatin. A little bit of gelatin. That makes sense. I wish I knew about that. <laughs> As a pastry chef who likes to be um, to be on the safe side, yeah. I find a little bit of gelatin is always going to guarantee a pudding that holds its shape. Yeah, just make demolded. sure you tell the vegetarians that though when they have that, <laughs> exactly. just so they know. Yes, exactly. Um, which is a well, good idea. And I've uh, actually recently been. Um, experimenting with fish gelatin which is a halal isengla- no, exactly that was the original it was yeah, isenglass that was the original um, form of fish gelatin but now you can get it in powdered form yes really really heavily refined um, and is it gelatinous like gelatin rather than the, the ha- crunch of agar it has exactly the same properties of as normal leaf gelatin really? um it's even so has if you're even a pescatarian you're okay exactly even. it's also halal yeah um, and it it um, it works in exactly the same way as, as where do you get it um, from? Sort of food specialist food stores, um, essential, yes. for example. Um, North the Melbourne Side. Food Ingredient Depot would probably have it. Tell us about this place because there's an ingredient that I want people to go and buy for the kids exactly. and the young at heart. So that's a place where a chef can pretty much get anything that he's after. They specialise in um, all the molecular stuff. all the molecular stuff. Um, and I think you're alluding to Pop Rocks. Pop Rocks. Pop Rocks. <laughs> Pop Rocks. Makes, See the kids come out of me. <laughs> makes every child um, happy. And th- again, that's a really, really simple addition to a kid's dessert over Christmas I that's going to make them happy and smile and laugh. Um, and that's something you can definitely get from the Melbourne Food Ingredient Depot. What's a Pop Rock, just, just for those that don't know? A Pop Rock is a small cluster of sugar yes. that as it's set, yes. it has a small amount of carbon dioxide trapped inside it. And it's been set under pressure. So it's, exactly. like, it's like if you get the bends, you get put into a barometric chamber, I think it's called. This is the same sort of thing used for food production. And as far as I know, there's I think there was only one place in the world that makes Pop rocks. Or I think that I think that might in be Turkey true. or something yeah. weird like that. Yeah, that could be true. That's why they're kind of they're kind of pricey, but a little bit goes a long way. And gosh, there's so much fun. Uh, so Melbourne Food Depot for those, and you would maybe put them in a mousse or tiram- exploding tiramisu. You'd have to be <laughs> yeah. You'd have to make no. sure you choose the right ones because um, you need the ones that are covered in cocoa, so therefore they're exactly. not soluble. So you want the insoluble pop pop rocks. So it's either protected by cocoa butter or prote- protected by chocolate because protected the moisture in your mouth is what makes the sugar break down, yes. which releases the gra- gas, which gives you gives Bing. you the poppy um, and sensation. So, so I would actually say if you want to uh, for the kids, and also you can um, you can enrobe them with chocolate. Is that a right? You can term? exactly. So, yeah, so you could do like um, a little surprise, surprise exploding chocky frogs or something like that. Just, just warn so like Derek and Clive thing, or it was that Pete and Duddy exploding frog. Just warn Nan ahead of time. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Blow her head off. <laughs> What's going on? I think I'm going crazy. 
I've had too much sherry. And that could be a great addition to a Melbourne mess yeah. too. Yeah. The other great thing about doing, say, a thing of tiramisu or a, a mess is that it can be prepared in advance, and that would be one thing I would say to do. Same with the summer pudding. And, in fact, improves with age. So these are all things that get better on day three, day four. So Boxing Day is good too, so exactly. a little bit. So get it done on the 22nd or the 23rd Yes, and cruise into Christmas rather than doing that whole last we've, minute. We've only got a minute left and we need to talk because you've come in to show us your stolen. <laughs> show us your, what have you stolen? I mean, with the stolen. Wir wollen Stollen, yeah. which is German for we want Stollen. So Stollen is a um, German Christmas bread that I um, first um, made when I was doing my apprenticeship in Switzerland. Really? Um, so it's a beautiful, dense, buttery, spiced fruit loaf that has a... Um, shaft of marzipan, good which, marzipan through the centre. Which is a metaphor. <laughs> right? And it represents um, baby Jesus lying in the manger. Hey. Hey. <laughs> and you've baked a few of these and you've got some of these available? I have, yeah. I've baked a, a bunch of these at um, Oven Street Bakery last week. Mm. Again, this is a product that benefits from settling and ageing, so it's mm. probably best to eat two or three weeks after it's been baked. Yes. It's really dense, um, has a lot of butter in it, and it keeps really well. And I've got them available um, next Friday and Saturday from St. David's Dairy. St. David's Dairy. In Fitzroy, they've allowed us to use their pop-up um, or their shop window. Yeah. I've been using um, their butter in the product. I've, I've got to say, that would that in sort of like a tokay or a musket or something like that would be amazing. Yes, it's delicious. The oh. Germans would actually spread extra butter on the slice. Yeah, right, not oh. Hey, it's Christmas. I don't know if it's necessary, but no. that, is, that is an option. <laughs> How much? For um, they're $36. Yes. They're available um, through a link on my Instagram account, um, and they're all available for pre-purchase. What's your Instagram account? We should, um, should Pierre underscore Ruloffs. How do you spell the Ruloff? R-O-E. <laughs> R-O-E. Okay. L-O-F-S. And that's okay. Dutch, by the way. That's Dutch. Dutch, it's not, yeah. Okay, it's not German. A Dutch gypsy surname, I've been told. Really? Yes. You gypsy man. <laughs> uh, congratulations on that. Thanks for uh, the doing that. And summer pudding with gelatin. What a good idea. Thank you, Chef. <laughs> Thanks so much. Okay, 12.25. We're going to go to market uh, once but Matt first, tells me what we're doing. Some music, I think. Oh, music time. Yeah. Okay, this has got a nice little start to it. Just yeah. let's hit it and right. we can just do it and let it just establish itself. And what did you just say this was? Electro Soul. Yeah. 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 What do you think on Triple R? Yeah, and they've always rocked. God love you, Mount Zero. We've Ooh. got a giveaway. Yes. Two subscribers. You must be a subscriber because otherwise... I will hunt you down and kill you. But if you are a subscriber uh, listening, if you're not a subscriber, just, you know, just, you know amuse yourself just, for the and, next 30 and seconds. And maybe just contemplate your life a little bit, <laughs> just, you know? Just be better. Yeah. Just be a little bit better. Um, but this, for you guys that are sponsors, uh, oh, this is a voucher for a dinner for two mm-hmm. at Onda Bar and Eatery in Richmond. And, of course, they're in 280 Bridge Road, Richmond. Mm. And uh, this is the go. Mm. Onda. We know them. They're a vibrant Latin American-inspired eatery and bar located on Bridge Road. We've said that before. They've yes. got a menu that focuses on share plates which are created with premium Australian produce by owner and head chef Stephen Hogan. Good on you, Stephen. Triple R subscribers can call. No, there they go. Oh, Bang. The phone's melting down were. already. Not to the late 102.7. Yeah, for the chance to win a dinner for two with food and drinks covered. Matt is going to pick one of these lines at random. Yes. Uh, if you haven't been answered uh, by you know, in the next minute and a half. Sorry. 
have a listen to the market report by John. Uh, for more info and bookings, head to ondamelbourne.com. Thank you for your support, Onda, and uh, good luck listeners who are on the phone. Stay on board. Mm. It could be you. You'll find out. But for those that haven't called, here's John at the Queen Victoria Market. Well, I've got to say, this is service with a smile here today, John. I'm, I'm just being poured a cup of coffee. Black coffee, espresso, Black coffee. Be specific. Um, well, actually, we can say uh, Bialetti-type uh, Yes, coffee. exactly. It's We've gone modern. We've gone electric. Do you know that apparently the Bialetti is almost an endangered species because of those capsules that are around? And also... Uh, Cheers. They, 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 they've made rip-offs from China. Oh. Not to discredit China, but they do everything cheaper and... You've already got sugar in it? Yes. Yay! Here was I, I was all worried I was going to have to be polite and go, no, no, it's great, but you guys already put sugar in it, that's great. Good morning, John, how are you? Good morning, I'm very good, good, Cameron, I've had milk and coffee and I've had black coffee and I've had biscuits, how can I not be good? Hey, I'm being all indulgent talking about the coffee I've got, I'm feeling like I'm in Pulp Fiction, I'm going, hey, that's good coffee. (laughs) All right. so um, first of all, can you believe it's December? No, No. I'm I'm finding it daunting because... Mm. Christmas is here already, oh. and, I, and I'm hoping that we'll blink and it'll be gone without any pain. What are you most looking forward to? Uh, Christmas Box, lunch. Boxing Day or Christmas lunch? No, Christmas lunch, because... How many? Port- First of all, let's how many? Quanto, quanto? Uh, small one this year, probably 12, 13 people. Just let that sink in again for the skippies out there. Small one this year, only more than a dozen. Well, we've had 70, 80 in the 70s, mate. Oh, my God. Well, we, right. we, I come from South Melbourne, right? Yep. So all our family was in South Melbourne, less than a, a mile in the old terms, mm. distance from each other. Now, my grandfather was the eldest of the family, so he insisted that he had to cook Christmas lunch. I never met your grandfather. No, no, no. no, no. What's no. his he, name? Pasquale. Pasquale. Well, Patsy, as they used to call him. Patsy, yeah, right. Yeah, because he'd been to the States. All right, and he needed to cook? What, did and, he, what was he thinking he had to cook? And he'd get up 5 o'clock in the morning, get the chickens out of the fridge, start making the ragu with the old boiling chickens. Whoa. You know? And then mum and aunts would come along and they'd make salads and roast potatoes and roast chicken and God knows what. How did everybody get along in the kitchen? Oh, terrific, mate. Oh, good. All the girls were very close. Yeah, yeah. But my grandfather, he had to rule the roost all the time, and he'd tell them what to do. They had to do it his way. Really? Yeah, and he got away up. with that? Of course. Usually it's the other way around. No, 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 no. The matriarchy, not the patriarchy. No, 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 Pop, well, he didn't have his wife then, so okay. he was the boss. Okay. The so uh, one summer, I think it got very, very hot, about 40-ish, and he had a timber house, right? Mm-hmm. So there was our family well, in, South Melbourne. Sorry, in Thompson Street, near towards the lake end of Thompson Street. Is that near Clarendon? Yeah, further down, closer oh. to the lake. Okay, I'm getting too much in the details. Yeah. Anyway, right. go on. Anyway, go on. so there was about 20 of our family, and the street was very tight. Even a publican down the corner was very friendly, all right? Oh. So we put the pasta on, and they knew that people were going to roll in, roll out, so they cooked a heap of pasta. And I reckon at one stage there, there was about 60 people in the house. And I said, this is too hot. I said, I'm going down the cellar. Now, the cellar had a rickety old ladder you had to get down. And I look inside, there's 20 people in this bloody cellar ah! drinking beer. <laughs> I thought, bloody hell. So I said, I'll go up. 
in to the roof to the loft. No, the no, loft. dad had an, a granddad had an old shed which used to be a um, a one horse stable. How old are you at this stage? Um, probably about eighteen, sixteen, eighteen, okay. something like yeah, that. Yeah. I go up in the loft and there's people everywhere. Oh, they're bloody hell! And then a publican comes in with cold beer, oh. and everyone got sparked up again. <laughs> yeah. And so we had pasta and all this stuff and salads. It was glorious. Everyone got on. The music's blaring. You know, you can imagine what it was like. Yeah. And the next year, it was so cold that Pop lit the fire. No. Christmas Day. Wow. That's the weird thing about Christmas is here. They can be so varied. So, a dozen people, just give us some of the, the highlights. And Do you cook? Uh, I do porchetta. I do the oh, rolled do the, pork. The rolled pork. Um, okay. And the prawns. Yes. Because everyone likes the way I do them. I, do, I get good Aussie prawns that have been shelled and deveined, and I do... Some um, garlic and butter and some bloody hot ones. How bloody hot? Uh, well, it depends on how, how I feel on the day. Really? If I feel really alive, because I have a very big week, Christmas week, so if I feel a little bit run down, not so hot, but if I'm really feeling on top of the world, Excellent. I'll make it as hot as it goes. Mate. Wow. What sort of yeah. chilies do you put in? Uh, I, I get my mum's little bird's eye chilies from oh, the garden, no, mate. Oh, <laughs> Yes, a lot of oh. people keep saying, oh, they oh. can't be hot. No. They're so small and cute. They don't know, do they? Uh, they and even when know. they're green, they are very potent. Because this is like, you know, the um, folks out there, the, the, the little sort of bullet chilies, hotter than those. Half the size. They're yeah, very, half very the size small. and maybe twice the heat. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, okay. But if you know it's coming, it's good. If you don't like it, well, that's one thing. So you have yeah, um, the garlic, garlic and butter. Yeah. But if you like it hot, you hoe into it. And I keep making it hot and... They still keep eating it, so what do you do? Mm. You so what what are the others doing while you're cooking the prawns and making sure the pochetta gets nice and crackly? Uh, sitting around shooting the breeze as usual, <laughs> enjoying the fare. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because um, we start with an entree. Um, it, it can be anything from calamari, fried calamari, or it can be just a brisotto and bacon and cheese and stuff. Um, and then, well, last year we had homemade pasta, but this year mum said that we haven't been good boys, so we're only getting ravioli out of the packet. Really? <laughs> mate, oh, Nancy's the, putting the, her foot down. Yeah, mate, you girls all the same. My mum's in her mid-80s, yeah, she said that to me. <laughs> yeah, bugger it. You know what? I can't be bothered anymore. Okay, but you me... never know because they all reckon we're naughty, but they always look after us. We're so blessed. Mm. And after that, you know, we'll have the meat out of the sauce and we'll have roast chicken and roast pork and and roast potatoes, pumpkin and God knows what else, you know, it never ends. And then dessert. And then salad and then dessert. Yeah. Yeah, mum makes a beautiful sponge and um, trifle and stuff. Oh, so yeah, that's, that's right. what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. And and if we can still move and open our mouth, we might have dinner, mostly not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. that's why you need to keep all the stuff. Save the leftovers for Boxing Day because that's the day where it's okay just to crawl out of bed and, you know, go to the fridge and see what's in there. Well, they all come back the next day, you see. Mm. Uh, they expect it. Yeah. So, yeah, we all get together and have a very lazy day, Boxing Day as well. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, so maybe this brings us to the here and now and maybe planning a little bit. Um, I'm just pulling out my calendar here. Um, do you know what days are the, is the market going to be open for this month? Well, there we go. it's, it's 
as normal, the yeah. only extra day we're going to do, we may do, yeah. is Christmas Eve, which is on a Monday the 24th. Monday the 24th, so yeah, right. E- every day from Thursday before Christmas is going to be a normal Thursday That's until 20th, 2. Yeah. Friday until 5. Yeah, Saturday until 3. Yep. Sunday until 4. And then Monday, and I'm going to say to my regulars, because it's so hard and probably it'll be so hot, we're not going to cater for Monday. If we've got any leftovers and people are desperate, we're happy to sell it to them. And if we clean it up Sunday, I'm going to be sleeping Monday. Sorry. Oh, okay. look, look out. Those look, prawns will be getting hotter if, they, uh, if look, you do. We've all got good fridges. We've all got fresh yeah, produce. Yeah. So if you buy it even on a Thursday and go and put it in the fridge, it'll be the best on Tuesday. And I remember over the years you've been saying, we've talked about that. Hey, nice throw into the bin, by the way. John should have been a basketballer, the way you can get things in a bin. Um, but the, uh, the thing that we've been saying, seafood, buy it early, and, like, prawns can be frozen. I bought my prawns, prawns. I've had two coffees and I still can't talk, yeah. frozen. Yeah. And they went straight into the freezer yesterday. Yep, good idea. Because um, so. they'll be cheaper, because they, they will go up. Everything goes up in price because it's the whole supply and demand. That's right. And, and if there happens to be bad weather and there's not much fish around, yeah. well, you pay double or triple. So even if you buy your beautiful fillets, mm. make sure that they're not soaked. So you can put them into the freezer and they're what not full of water. What do you mean they're not water. soaked? Well, some fish guys are charlatans. They no, make the fillets. No, And they really? soak. Yeah, it's happened you, to me before. And you mean you're paying for that expensive water? Oh, of course. But I go to reputable fishmongers and they, they charge me extra, but I know it's not soaked in water. Exactly. All right, so exactly. price is an indication. Like the veggies. If you see something's $2 and $4, you can't expect it to be the same. Yeah. All right? So be wary. There's a reason. There's a reason. Always. So, um, you know, we, we had beautiful fish and chips with some flake the other night. Mm. And it was gorgeous. I just chucked it into the pot. No water came out of it. And it was nice. It crisped it up a little bit. Mm. And, and it was good. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Um, all right. So um, that's Christmas. Shop early. Get it all done if you can. Uh, don't count on Monday, uh, especially with John. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, We'll have it's almost the chilly barometer is how you're going to be feeling on the on the Christmas day. Uh, here and now, though. Um, here and now, though. I'll show you something spectacular. Oh, yeah, you brought a box out. I brought a box out. And it says Hunter Valley Mushrooms. Oh, wow, the King Mushrooms from King Australia. Mushrooms, yeah. Because usually yeah. we get these from Korea. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've always we... been a little bit afraid to eat the Korean ones, not Can being we... prejudiced. How do we describe a King Mushroom? Uh, it's about the stem, it's, isn't it? It looks like a stick. Yeah. A, a thick white stick with a few gills oh, on top shit. and a flat brown top. That's, yeah, that one's that's three. three. That's a family. More. No, Pick no, it no up, that's pull more. it out. There's more. Look underneath. Ooh. Oh, no, that's three. So yeah. three together. They, they, they look funny, and, and, and they're like a. If you know what a white oyster mushroom looks like, that's fanned out. Yeah. This is a long stick with a few of the same gills on top. And a very, very small cap. And a yeah, very small cap. Yep. Now, what, what I did. Um, I sliced them long ways into yeah. three, yep. and um, I fried a bit of garlic and olive oil and then put butter, like my prawns. So these things love butter. Yes. Butter so, and resiny sort of yeah. herbs, I reckon. So I didn't put any herbs in because, as you know, I like my things plain. Mm. So I just threw them into the pan, warmed one side, flipped it over, browned the other side a little bit like a steak, and then served them up with... Um, we had them with salmon the other night. Yeah, that right. worked really well. But with a steak, 
Oh, Whoa. superb. Yeah, and because that texture, and also for um, vegetarians, vegans, this is... This is vegetarian meat, isn't it? Really? Definitely, definitely. It's just... If you don't eat meat, you should eat mushrooms. Oh, these things are amazing. They've got the most incredible texture to them because um, they don't break down like, say, a white mushroom. Yeah, there's no moisture in them, so uh-huh. you don't get black water that comes out of them. Mm. And um, they stay firm even if you eat them cold. Joseph said they taste a bit of hot, but yeah, I, I enjoyed them cold in, in a bit of, on a bit of bread. How much? Quanto? 25. 25? Yeah, you okay. don't need to buy a kilo. No, this is like... Um, buy four or five stems. I was going to say a couple hundred grams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And plus, enjoy it. But plus you can slice it a little bit thinner. Like John said he's going to slice this into three. I would do almost four or five slices and go a little bit thinner. So it's going to go a longer way anyway. Yeah, because um, to good. give you an idea, they're, they're um, like two thumb sizes together. Maybe oh. some. And... Um, Dinner at the top. Yeah. So you can slice it as thin as you like. So um, and these come from the Hunter Valley. Yeah, in New South Wales. Camp Vale. Yeah, yeah. And and it's good because they're picked and packed and shipped straight away. Yep. So they can be picked one day on the table and next. So this is a brand new line. It is a brand new line. Wow. This is my second week. This, is, oh, this has been a long time since you've had a new line of things. Yeah, well, we have to do these things because... Yeah. To keep ahead, if you've got something that everyone's got, mm. you know, then you're at each other's throats cutting prices. Oh, yeah. So I yeah. like new things. I like to eat fresh things. Mm. And my customers expect the same. So I brought these in. They're prepared to try something new. Joe, that's my phone, please. Sorry. The so aliens you know, have landed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we try something new. Yep. And if people like it, we keep doing it. And if they don't like it, well, we mm-hmm. do something else. Yeah, good. All right, let's... Um, Let's move because I'm going to have to get back into uh, the studio and we've got to have a chat to Duncan Buchanan um, after we have a chat to you. Pick of the market. Pick of the market. Green beans have gone through the roof because of they got affected by the weather, 14 a kilo, but oh. they are like butter. Really? Broccoli looks horrible, five bucks a kilo. Look for something else to eat. Okay. Uh, look, the salad mixes have been really good to go next to a steak. Yes. Tomatoes have been superb. People have been having a ball, and we've been pumping them out like no one's business. Beautiful local lettuce from Rosebud, nice and sweet. Again, from Rosebud. Yeah, oh, like okay. a day a day like yesterday yes. would have been glorious to have a nice fresh salad. Absolutely, I did. Uh, we've got lovely potatoes. New season. We got three or four new varieties. New season varieties there. Give them a light boil, make a beautiful potato salad or baked potato, whatever. Mm. I haven't had a potato salad for a while. Yeah, and we've got some lovely Dutch carrots in there. We normally sell Dutch carrots about three fifty a bunch, which is a lot of money. Yeah. This week we put them on special two fifty for a big bunch, about 13, 14 carrots. Oh. And these carrots are lovely to eat raw as a snack, mm. or you can bake them, or you can fry them like a potato chip. All sugar, though, so Ooh, be careful. Yeah. Or also, one of my favourite things, mustard glaze. Oh, yeah, <clears> that <throat> sounds good. Mustard, too. brown sugar, a bit of butter. Um, not everyday food, but nice. You only live once, and you don't do it every day like you said. Exactly. And we've got beautiful Savoy cabbages. We've had them steamed. We've had coleslaw. Mm. You name it, you can make cabbage rolls with it. Easy work. Damn right. Yeah. So, again, as we say, come and have a look. Mm. See what tickles your fancy. Mm. Buy it. Go home. Cook up a storm. Yep. Life's grand. Get some mangoes, too. Oh, yeah. Better make it soon, because you never know what happens with the weather and the supply. There's some cheapies around. And mm. some you've got to pay a little bit more. Mm. Again, 
buy an ugly one. They're not that bad. Yeah, right, and also stick to the Kensington Prides because there's no mango finer. You're not wrong. I don't like the KP and the, uh, the E2, R2E2 R2E2 or Calypso. Nah. They don't do it for me. No, there's not enough acid there. It's no. just sort of water and sugar. And don't forget, there's still a lot of citrus out there. Yeah. New season Valencia's have started if you want to make juice. Yeah. Apricots. The, apricots, yeah. I've been stealing some as I walk through the market. Oh, from Robbie. Oh, oh no, no. Dan Wholesale Market made the beautiful, oh, that one. Hey, beautiful okay. big juicy stuff. So, okay. Yeah. And, and soon you've got to get ready to make all your jams and preserves too. Don't forget. It's busy, busy, yeah, busy, busy all busy, the time. Busy. All right. Um, hopefully we'll have a chat to you um, by the end of the year I'm, um, anyway we'll see you soon John okay. but thank you for your time thank you for this glorious coffee already sugared as I said Pulp Fiction moment hey that's good coffee see you later all the best have a beautiful day hey look up my glass over there yes, sir, what, Jimmy. Drink, huh? what sort of drink you want what sort of drink you want make it a double yeah Let's drink. Cheers. Cheers. I still like that intro. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. Mm. Uh, leaning against a ute. Um, <laughs> somewhere. Well, we have uh, Duncan Buchanan. Are you really leaning against a ute? Well, we had uh, we had a reception issues somewhere else. I've been I bolted around the place. Yes. Oh. Good reception to get was leaning on said gate. So here I am looking ag as. All right, now I'm just going to ask to go to my producer Matt Stedman and go. Are we happy with that signal? Look, I don't think we're going to get it much better. Oh, so okay. uh, we're All just right. going to run with it. But Doug, you probably just have to speak nicely into the microphone, as I'm sure. And not- Enunciate beautifully, shall yes, we? Yes. That sounds good. Duncan Buchanan, uh, winemaker extraordinary. Um, what's going on in your vineyard? Oh, there's a lot. It's a busy time of the year. Yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a time of year when it's a really... It's interesting. Things are flowering. So, okay, a quick quick snapshot. This is when the, the flowers turn into berries. And what we need during that time, yeah, most of November, really, yes. depending on where you are, is stable, dry weather. <laughs> tell him he's dreaming. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, tell him, oh, exactly. It just, just doesn't happen. Because it was dry as a chip up until, you know, up until October. October was really dry. And then November, we had quite a lot of rain. I don't know if you remember, but it was windy too. I do, I do. Yeah, so that's... People a, lose a their a, minds in windy weather. Yeah, they do. Oh, my, my dearly beloved Lucy, most of all, I, do, I always tell her to go for a walk and it's really windy because I just love to see the effect. And she, she never does. But it, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> it is an interesting time because you do need the vines need a fair bit of water. They go a couple of years times during the year where they really need water, and that's around flowering. There's a lot yes. of energy used up, and around Verizon when the berries are starting to change colour. You know, sort of uh, February, uh, sorry, late January. Were you speaking in French then? Yeah, Verizon. 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 That's so just a colour change. But they go. Yep. They need a lot of water then, but they're real, they're two times that the vines are really susceptible to all your mould and mildew. So. It creates a lot of headaches for what we call canopy management. So, you know, we just, yeah, we just, you're just flat out trying to make sure your vines are in good shape. But we had an interesting case this year. I've been running a couple of vineyards that shall remain nameless. Right. Um, that one was, um, had been really well farmed. The soil had been looked after. It had been very, very well tended for a lot of years. Yes. And the other one was one that we'd only taken on recently that had, hadn't been, the way we don't know how good the care was of that up until the time we got it. 
and there had been some disease headaches with the new with the new one. Mm. But the one that had been well tended for a lot, both treated exactly the same. But the one that the one that had been treated well for a lot of years, it was just a healthy vineyard. You know, if, you've got a, if you're a healthy person, mm. you know you'll you'll repel it. You know you're much better much better at um, withstanding disease and all that sort of stuff. And it works with plants too. So that's that's what we found this year. Just you need to be. It just it really proves that you need to be. Yeah, just keeping your vineyard healthy the whole time. So it, it's just it's natural resilience is there. Duncan. Yeah. If you any experience with biodynamic vineyards, speaking of just health and robustness and yep. vivacity. Yes, um, I have had not with running myself, but I've had, um, mm. I've been I've. I've drunk a lot of wine from biodynamic vineyards. Good man, good man. <laughs> Research. Oh, yeah. Research. Tax deductible too, right? Is it ever? I have this argument with my, uh, with my account every year. I have to, be, I have to know what I'm tasting. I've got to get on to top of this. <laughs> yeah, but I remember, okay, here's a quote. Max Allen, though, a notable wine writer, one of, yeah. well, the great Max Allen, let's, let's not mince words, but he says that, you know, when you go and see a biodynamic vineyard, you can just tell you're in one because everything looks amazing. Yes, they do. And that's, uh, we had a, um, we do this Pinot conference every year up, uh, it's just Pino such a wonderful conference. event. We, we, Matt's it, shaking it, his head too. <laughs> God, I, I, I wish I had your life. Yeah, go on. You want Pino my conference. It's rooted. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> but, um, no, so we had this Pinot conference. We just eat, sleep, and breathe Pinot for three Lovely. days. It is, it is wonderful. It's and a dirty um, job. We, Someone's got to do it. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, so but you were there. Yeah. We had um, and one year there's always a, a theme for each one, and one year it was biodynamics, and it was just amazing. There was, I don't know how to put it any more. I can't put it any more accurately than the biodynamic wines that we tried just seemed to have so much more life. There was a certain vivacity to them. It was just, uh-huh. um, they were just, uh, and you know, it's not one single thing that will contribute to that. It's a, it's a Vibe. whole mindset and a whole philosophy that goes along by, beside it, and it's um. So, look, it works for some sites. It doesn't work for other sites. Oh, but really? When, you know, yeah. yeah, no, you, I, 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 that's what I would assume. If you've got a heavily... Well, if you've got a really good site for a vineyard, I reckon it should, biodynamics should be able to work if it's done well. Yes. Um, but if you've got a shocker of a site for a vineyard and it's you know very disease-prone anyway, maybe that vineyard shouldn't be there. Oh, okay. You know, um, but it's... They, the and I think when people are looking at going organic or full blown biodynamic, there's a certain you have to assume or you have to just wear that your um your vineyard may not look as picture perfect as some of those postcards postcard um you know vineyards do. The biscuit team vineyards. Exactly, but yeah. I'm not interested in that. I'd much rather see some some weeds under the vines and a bit of life there. There, you know, that people go, oh, don't want weeds in the vineyards. But why not? You know, yeah. they get, they'll be they'll be putting their roots down in your soil and helping with the soil structure and all that. So it's yeah, there is a definite um, shift in the way people want to view the, um, their vineyard. They don't have to be these pristine things anymore. They just need to have a good diversity of plants around them. And with that comes diversity of insects. They've got some great predators in the vineyard. Oh, and you know, this lessens the, the need to take more drastic measures for mould and mildews and um, you know, less beneficial insects, I guess. So anything to avoid sort of a monoculture? Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly right. I mean, I think that works. You know, anytime you make a, have a monoculture of anything... Especially people. <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah, we can talk about the potato and the the gort more. 
but that's uh, that's a while ago, and that was one potato that was responsible for that in Ireland. Uh, tell me, we've had um, we talk about rain. Um, oh, sorry, just before we go, I thought when you said potato, I thought you were talking about the uh, Home Affairs Minister. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> Boom, boom, zing, singer. Sorry, uh, that's okay. Um, but we we were talking about uh, rainfall. Gosh, uh, New South Wales had a bit of a rain event. <laughs> a rain event, <laughs> a rain spectacular, and that was brilliant. Gas day during the weekend. That was an amazing weather system that was coming through. Like you had, it was dumping that same system. That same low pressure system was sitting off the coast of New South Wales. Okay, yep. When you look at a, a, a weather map, the highs spin anti-clockwise and the lows spin clockwise. So this that one low pressure system was just dumping water like there was no tomorrow on Sydney, as we know. Yep. But by the time those winds made it around to southern Queensland, guess what? They were dry as a chip and just fanning those fires. And it, it just, it's made life it's living hell for those people out there, as you said earlier. You know, there had been a, had been a fatality. It's just such shocking news. And it's um, uh, and I guess we could also say the the scary thing about it is that bushfires up there, uh, the severity and uh, the amount is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Unprecedented. Exactly. So, and, I mean, this, these these chats that we have on a semi regular basis, they always seem to come back to us chatting about weather, not so much wine, which is. Really, mm. <laughs> because it, it is it just highlights of what we do with agriculture. But as you say, you know, anybody in the agri- in any agricultural industry, we are the canaries in the coal mine when it comes to what's happening with you know climate change. Um, but the the other the other one that Queensland looks like they might cop. There's another low off the coast, for much further in northern Queensland. It looks like it's going to be it's going to turn into the first tropical cyclone. No, really, I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so gonna, oh exactly. That's going to bulk of the cry. If that makes landfall, there's going to be strife. But I'm wondering whether it might get there. They're wondering whether it might actually turn into that cyclone because it's um, <laughs> El Nino is going to. An El Nino is going to hit us probably early next year and dry things out. So it just might be windy as all blazes. But it's just, the, it's all it's all very dramatic up around that in that area of the, of Australia at the moment. There's just so much going on. You know, our hearts and best wishes go out to anybody who's listening from those affected areas. Thanks, Duncan. No, well, well put, buddy. Um, and also, as we were saying, um, if you have anything in your glass by the ute, um, we'd like to just raise it to all the kids who uh, uh, came out and showed that they have uh, a great conscience about things and also an awareness of the world that they are about to inherit or eventually yeah. inherit. Yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. Well, if, if there is a world to inherit once they get there, but it, it's very true. I love that they just they go, no, we, we are sick of you guys. You've been thinking these stupid four four year cycles. The current government's a basket case, and they're just like, no, we've had a gut for it. We don't need this. And just the amount that currently a busload of two hundred kids from Castle May made it, made it down to Melbourne for the day. I mean, that's, really? That's just, yeah, it's extraordinary. Yeah. It's just, you know, come down and wave their banners. It gives you hope. You know, you're like, cool, well, these, this is the next crop. We can't, you know, the, the current crop I don't seem to be doing too much for us, so that, but this is the next generation that are that are going to be, you know, that are taking it, tackling it head on. So, yeah, you you can only hope your own kid grows up to be, you know, half as good as them and, you know, not <laughs> twice as good as me. <laughs> well, in the meantime, there's always Pino conferences. <laughs> yes, indeed, Lee. <laughs> All right, look, we better go. It's... Uh, just coming up to one. Thank you, Duncan. Catch you guys. Have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, all you listeners. Don't drink more. Drink better. Yay! That sounds good.
don't forget, Fine. stolen from uh, Pierre Roloff. So you can find it on Instagram and websites, etc. Uh, still here is next, Matt Steadman. Yes. What a delight. Oh, Hugh Griffiths from uh, Union Electric is going to have a chat about uh, oh. other things that should be in our glasses. We continue, what's that in your mouth for Christmas? Yeah. Or what are you drinking? Uh, oh, over one o'clock. Better go. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, listeners. Don't go away, because Triple R continues. This has been a podcast from Free Triple R, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.